0: So Welcome to the Kickabout, everyone. Uh, we're back. Uh, football coming in thick and fast. Of course, the return of European action this week, as well as the usual EFL and uh, general domestic fair. So where in the pyramid do you want to begin, off?
1: Do you know what? I think we should uh, travel away from the pyramid before coming back,
0: uh, okay.
1: leaving the door. And uh, let's go to the uh, Champions League okay. uh, in midweek. Um obviously very pleased uh, that it's back. Uh Europeans uh, elite footballing uh, competition. Um although um obviously, you know, not quite the same uh, in this year of all. Um but nevertheless some really uh, juicy ties over the week that um uh, kept me entertained in the final half an hour of those games once the uh, EFL slates had finished. Um, not least uh, Barcelona PSG on Tuesday night.
0: Yes, uh you know, I, th- I think the craps that we know exist in Barcelona, boys on and off the field, uh, mercilessly exposed. Uh, frankly, they didn't have the answers. Koeman didn't have answers in the press conference and they had no answers on the pitch. And uh, very much a... Uh, which, it's funny because it was only as half as bad exactly as their previous chasing Champions League. <laughs> yeah, <compete>. so,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> exactly. yeah uh, um, you know, it's just dominance and uh, PSG, uh, um, Pochettino is already leaving as well. But then again, you know, I don't want to sing too many praises of Pochettino at first because as big as Barcelona are, they're not the same challenge that they have been, especially when you have the quality that PSG have.
1: No, they haven't. Um uh, Really and truly, it was a game, it was a lesson in having balance uh, to a side. Um, There were so many moments in play where either Barcelona's defensive shape was all over the place, but going forward, there was just no cohesion at all. Um, You know, that classic thing of, you know, uh, relying on Messi and others with individual quality to bail them out. Um, I mean, Pedri has been uh, somewhat of a revelation this season for them in La Liga. Um, uh, but the runs he made into the final third just weren't linking up with Messi and Griezmann. It was only really Frankie Dion making effective runs going forward. And when he did make those runs, and when possession was overturned, which happened very often, um, uh, you know the, uh, the defensive structure was nowhere to be seen for Barcelona, uh, exacerbated um, by you know a fairly slow centre back pairing in Pique and Longley. And um, when you're coming up against one of the fastest uh, forwards in the world. Um, not exactly what you want to be happening. Um, uh, yeah, Killian, it was a and Mbappe show, as most of the Champions League uh, is nowadays uh, when PSG is involved. Um, but I was really impressed with um, how um, Moise Keane and Mauro Cardi, uh two strikers who have been quite easily belittled uh, on football Twitter over the past few years, um, stepped up and facilitated his runs really well.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's a big step up for Moise Kean uh, for his uh, for him to move to actually uh, a better place and uh, than Everton, I would say. And uh, he's showcasing his talents on a bigger stage. So it was a strange move when Everton bought him initially, but it hasn't worked out for him, and I think he will. Uh, I think PSG might even cash in because uh, yeah, another he's been, um... he's been tidy in uh, La Liga. I mean, in league as well. So
1: yeah, uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, one of the. Uh uh normal slash successful uh, signings Everton made in that uh, period was uh Jessica gay and uh he was uh, exceptional for PG. Well, I mean never
0: forget he was playing in Villa's fifteen sixteen shit show. Yes, so, he was uh... as was
1: um uh, Jordan Verity uh, who is also um, making a real good go of it in Surreal right now uh with uh, Roma. Uh that's yeah. yeah, it's the case with a lot of those uh, 15, 16 players. Uh, apart from maybe um, Carlos Hill, uh, I'm not sure where he is now. Um, I still
0: remember he scored a spanking goal away at in that season. Yes,
1: that was a worldie. Um, yeah. Jordan Amarvi in at left back as well. Or was he there under Tim Sherwood? I can't quite remember. Um, uh, but, yeah, uh, he's uh, I think he's at Marseille now. Uh, but, no, that was... Um, its It's interesting to you know look about villa season at the time when it was thought of as you know one of the Premier League's worst ever seasons and rightfully so, and yet you know um Huddersfield and AC nineteen and um I mean, what looks like Sheffield tonight of this year kind of, you know put that maybe out of memory somewhat
0: well yeah the, the Premier League is becoming top heavy, but we'll come on to that. Uh, hmm. anything else on the continent that uh, continental scene that yeah just party? um
1: uh, I was quite disappointed with Sevilla on uh, Wednesday night. Um, they've been, you know, uh, resolute to save the least in La Liga this season and it's, you know, the reason why they've, uh, why they've been ahead of Sociedad in the race for fourth and league so far this season, coupled with um, the imperious form of yusuf and en- en- Nassiri up front. Uh, he's at somewhat of a hot streak at the minute, uh, but nevertheless is a really good um, uh, striker. You know, lot of traits similar to Dom Calvert-Lewin um in terms of you know a bustling poacher in the box of course um but um you know uh, the, the defense wasn't really up to it and when you've got match winners in the side that dortmund do have and jaden sancho and um frank well i mean front. that
0: front three hall and sancho and royce so yeah that, yeah. That's up
1: there. yeah and um yeah as i said mr frankenstein up front uh striking again uh with two goals um, uh, you know, feeding in. Unfortunately, in my opinion, feeding into the Mbappe versus Hall um, uh, another,
0: another some more Premier nostalgia with Suso in the uh, Sevilla eleven, and uh, you know he was part of the Liverpool setup for a number of years. He learned his trade there, but you know it, it's refreshing to see him go on onto the continent and have a good career for a number of different teams now. And yeah, good on him. I think uh, one
1: of perhaps one of the most surprising things of all is um Felix Paslak from being a non-entity at Norwich in the Championship uh, in eighteen nineteen as well as a failed loan spell uh, to the Eredivisie either for Fortuna Sittard or Ado Den Haag not, not can't quite remember which but anyway um, now playing in the Champions League knockout stage twenty minutes for him uh, at the end of the game which is a uh, uh, quite a revelation um, oh yeah
0: yeah yeah yep yeah. um, Pass- obviously.
1: Uh, you know, developing on the Sancho news regarding England. Um,
0: well, looking at his Wikipedia, he's only 22, so yeah, yeah, whatever has happened, you know, he still has a future. He was uh, outstanding, and it was yeah. it was by the way. He went. Yeah, to
1: yeah, it. Um He uh, he was outstanding actually at the uh, 2015 Under 17 World Cup. Oh, I remember. Um, mm. But for Jude Bellingham, um, him and Curtis Jones are two players currently who, to be perfectly honest, aren't in the uh, going to the Euros
0: conversation. Well, there was a great article about him in the Athletic. Yeah. Uh, Curtis uh, Curtis Jones isn't is no longer Liverpool's future. He's become part of their present, and uh, we all know how difficult it is to slot into a Liverpool team of this quality. And it's a testament to their acad- academy that even with the players that they've bought in, I mean the, the the front three, of course, I don't have to speak for them, but with uh, the likes of Alexander Arnold and Curtis Jones playing with the quality that they are playing with, I think. You just it's a greater testament to just how healthy things are in Liverpool at the minute.
1: That's exactly right, Aki, and um uh, building on that point, you know, the fact that England are now uh, having young uh, centre midfielders regularly playing in roles where they're required to be tactically adept yeah. and disciplined, especially yeah. Jude Bellingham holding down the fort uh, with Emray Chun um in midweek. Um, you know, that, that that's just you know music to Gareth Southgate's ears. Um, you know, that he's not going to have to do um, that tactical work, um, you know, with such a diverse and intelligent uh, player in Jude Bellingham in, in the future, I'm sure.
0: Well, this is the thing. Maybe Birmingham were right to retire his shirt number, elf. Maybe they'll be vindicated well, finishes no. when he wins the World Cup for England.
1: Even if he captains England to a World Cup, um, I mean, 45 or whatever appearances it was for Birmingham in total. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm not quite buying that. Um, uh, but he's destined for the top, that's definitely
0: true Uh, A a quick, just I want to talk about a bigger picture, just a very quick digression Uh, between uh, 2012 and 2018 of course there were no English teams in the Champions League final, Yeah. yeah. and uh, do do you think that the rise in of course England being the talent hub of, and especially London if you look at a number of players coming out uh, England being the centre of European talent and all these, and that's exporting their talent to be nurtured and then Potentially bring them back. Uh, do you think that you know where is this academy ac- across the clubs? Where where has where have these great players come from? How have our academies become so good over the uh, last
1: few years? There, there's a variety of answers that go, going from the top down. Um, I think I think the main reason for the Premier League's rise and thus England's rise again since 2016, mainly down uh, due to a kind of chance of factors, a coalescing of chance, namely that, you know, Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho were both at a stage where they needed to move to England in their managerial careers, uh, social board. Manchester City needed a proper manager coming in. Chelsea needed to rise again. Um, La Liga, as of 2018, really, 2017, to be perfectly honest, started to get complacent, um, you know, and their hegemony has ended. Um and I think that has, you know, given the rise to British clubs getting in the Champions League. I and then, mean, coupled with that, um, I think actually a lot of it is due uh, to uh, the England DNA programme and the, the long-term fruits of St George's Park. Um, I mean, mean, with the exception of France uh, uh, at um, you know, there's no uh, structural system and structural hub across Europe like St George's Park. And when you've got, you know, groups of players, you know, playing together, but, you know, under 15, under 16, under 17 level altogether, they're going to develop chemistry and they're going to push each other to become even better players. And um I mean, you know, sometimes you just get, you know, players of just raw talent, Um, you know, Jadon Sancho, Callum hudson uh, you know, players such as that are true. And I mean, perhaps that's some, um, maybe there's something to be said about how those players, when they're in their proper youth, six, seven, eight years old, um, who were their idols on the telly? Well, it was, you know, the golden era of Premier League football in the mid noughties you know? Yeah.
0: Um, well, funnily enough, uh, Jaden Sancho used to play in Kennington Park.
1: There you go. Um, that's that's a very impressive feat as well, because Kennington Park, uh, for those who live near it, know it's not the easiest, uh, not the most spacious place, sorry, uh, is uh, basically And I mean, well, I mean, that speaks to, you know, Jaden Sancho's school. Speaking of, um, exceptional article by Jonathan Wilson in an issue uh, of the school on the blizzard about terroir. So about land and how it affects, you know, the profiles of players we see across the world. Um, Mm -hmm. Very, very good indeed. Do check that out. It's on the Blizzard's website.
0: I mean, it's funny because uh, uh, Michael Cox in his book, Zonal Marking, of course, you know, it goes through the various tactical phases of English football. And uh, he is, he's, he's basically accepted that we are living in the English age but it's funnily enough, he doesn't say that uh, modern English football has an English identity. He says England, the metaphor he uses is that England is a mirror. That England is reflect, England has brought together the best of all these European styles of play in these countries. Mm. And, uh, you know, there is no distinctive English way of playing football, but we kind of play like it. We have the every other style playing in our clubs, if you get what I mean. I, I, you had Conte bringing Italian three five two. you have mm. the club in the German style. You yeah. Pep Guardiola and what he's doing at Man City, like it's a very good uh very convenient for him culmination to his book.
1: I I, I think the, the the evidence for that though is more in an individualistic explanation than in a systemic one. Um uh because you know, there hasn't been a new batch of managers to the same level of the new batch of players that England have, if that makes sense. You
0: know, that's why they've been exported, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah
1: and projects. I mean well, I mean, you know one of the biggest problems for Gareth Southgate now is that, you know, like, it, this is not even 2018, even late 2018, you know, like, I mean, is it a stretch to say England have every single profile of player anywhere across the pitch? Um, I mean, maybe with the, I, I I don't think that is a stretch to say, now that we have Phil Foden, as you know, the, the silky centre midfielder back to the, um, you know, like Paul Scholes, but with more uh, aggression going forward, right? You know, um, I mean, you know, as I say, I think you know England do more or less have every profile of player now, and as you say, Aki, you know, that's the you know mirroring of the myriad of uh, footballing cultures we see across Europe. Yeah, but yeah, so, uh,
0: so I think we should get back to
1: the
0: football now. Yeah. But,
1: well, uh, this is yeah, not clear. Well, yeah, but uh, Well, uh, I guess where? we'll uh, we'll delve a lot more into this when um, Gareth Southgate announces his squad for the March uh international. of course that, yeah. yep,
0: not long until your beloved uh international i can't wait honestly
1: there, there are some great fixtures on um opening night as well uh but as yeah we'll we'll, we'll preview them um, when they come yeah.
0: yeah uh indeed uh so where do you want to go next uh we can
1: now uh, revert to efl football anaki midweek no covid cancellations no waterlogged pitch cancellations no frozen pitch cancellations. Hallelujah. Well,
0: well, yep. The uh, uh, first of all, I just want to say, uh, going back to when they thought they were going to cancel the season again back in December, yeah. uh, you were right that to just keep going and just ignore that and just ploughing well, on, and all seems to be well now. Well,
1: well, uh, well, that was born out of my, well, twofold. Like, yes, the circuit breaker wouldn't have made much difference at all. Um, and now regular testing is there in the EFL and that solve the problem. But also, like, as I say, you know, if the EFL were serious about finishing this season, that would not have been possible because, I mean, my maths makes it. For, so for League One and League Two, my maths has got it at 26 possible match days left if we keep the current Saturday midweek, Saturday midweek, Saturday midweek. And the Championship, 23. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, uh, yeah, 23 left um which is a lot more um you know easy um given that you know most of the championship sides have played 30 games and so there's only 16 left um so it'll be a lot easier for them now um but uh, uh, uh yeah no it's it, it, i mean it gives us um more juice to talk about which is you know uh, great for us
0: indeed yeah uh, plenty of yeah and you know in trying times it's good to have something to uh, think hmm. about but yeah uh, you you're so sticking to the championship if you yeah. want to do that uh, where in the okay,
1: so which game took your well? From the um, uh, Flo Lloyd Hughes, uh, god bless herself on uh, on Twitter, a uh, really, really good football writer, uh, QPR fan. Um, I think she's in her late 20s. Uh, tweeted at half time,
0: uh, who sorry, you uh, Flo Lloyd
1: Hughes, uh, one. Flo yeah. Lloyd
0: Hughes, yeah. Um,
1: said, uh, uh, God, I'm gonna be 40 before QPR beat Brentford again. Well. Wow two chances for Brentford to say it
0: second tier podcast and they had they said that Brentford have lost two in two Yeah, and it defensively they were poor yeah well
1: they they, they 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 they've been defensively poor for about a month now um you know no clean sheets in that time um two goals conceded at home to Wickham one away at Middlesbrough two at home to Barnsley um uh you know, it, it's perhaps when you're challenging for automatic promotion, uh, it's not quite enough to just blame it on the absence of Pontius uh, I think. Um, even though, to be honest, like, I do think Serenstone has come in and done a decent job. Um, and, you know, added into that, um, it is quite difficult to work out how Brentford lost the game <laughs> in midweek. Um, this, is, uh, this is not like a Barnsley. Uh, where they were, you know, compressed to hell at the weekend and, um, uh, you know, Barnsley's front three were just zipping around each other and uh, made life really difficult. Well, for the...
0: Brentford failed to clear their lines and you don't fail to clear mm. your lines when you have Charlie Austin.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the the second goal they conceded will be of much gripe uh, to Thomas Frank and especially, um, so obviously, you know, the ball goes uh uh, I think it's Todd Kane who, you know, does a deep switch over to the left-hand side. Um, and as it's, you know, dropping down to the ground, uh, Winnie Reid, for right centre-back, and um, Dalshort, uh the right-back. Um, you know, two, you know, one, club captain, uh, Brentford's most experienced player who's played for Brentford, and then Winnie Reid, you know, New Zealand captain, um, has played in the Premier League for West Ham for goodness knows how many years. You know, you'd expect much better than a schoolboy lack of communication error like that, Uh, which is, I mean, it's cost QPR, uh, I mean, it's cost uh, Brentford a point. Um, And, you know, uh, similarly, um, with uh, Sam Fields' uh, equaliser for QPR, again, as you said, Aki, just clear your lines. Um, uh, Brentford failing to do that. And when, you know, Sam Fields, you know, as we saw in glimpses for Charlton, uh, does a good long shot on him. And, uh, yeah, it was a really nice uh, drilled uh, finish with his left foot into the far corner.
0: Talking of uh, other defensive lapses, uh, of course, do you think, sorry, just before we move on, uh, do you think Brentford will uh, recover oh, yeah, fairly yeah, quickly? Yeah. And...
1: Absolutely. Um, okay. I mean, I think what we're going to see, Aki, is, you know, similarly to that lead, Sheffield United Norwich uh, promotion race in 2018,
0: 2019. Well, I, I, I just want to point out that uh, Co- Brentford are away at Coventry and at home to Wednesday. Yeah. So good fixtures as any to uh, pick things back up before on the 3rd of March, they travel to Norwich. So I hope they have their house in order by the time they go. I'm I'm sure they
1: will. And I mean, even if they don't, we know they can put it off in a one-off game, right? Uh, Like they did for Newcastle. Um, But yeah, you know, much like the 18-19 promotion season with Norwich, uh, Blades and Leeds, I think it'll be neck and neck up until April. And then, you know, one team will just slightly fade away. I mean, we all remember... Uh, Aki, I mean that faithful that faithful Easter weekend in April two thousand and nineteen when Leeds had a uh, Wigan at home on Easter Friday and Brentford away on Easter Monday, um, and I mean you know their, their promotion went in that weekend really.
0: Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, so uh, another defensive lapse, and something which you're taking some interesting pleasure in. Uh, Not pleasure. So I want Birmingham Brentford is- to go
1: up. Um, no, so do I. I mean, Birmingham. I want Brentford to go up, but I want their fans to be able to enjoy it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah.
0: yes, it uh, but Birmingham, uh, yeah, Birmingham. it's
1: it's it's dire, Aki. It is dire. <laughs> I'm guessing you watched the
0: it highlights,
1: man. Um, yeah, yes, I did. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> the first goal. Um, <laughs> what, what?
0: Millwall are uh, well. Oh, are a route one team. Uh, so I think uh, it's,
1: it's, I think deep, you could, yeah, you, yeah, you, but you they can, yeah, but you know, like, it's just basics. Like, you know, when you do a back pass, pass it back properly, you know, and especially when you've got Jed Wallace bearing down your neck. Um, it's, yeah, uh, I need to come up with some Cockney rhyming time for Danny Dyer. Uh, for, uh, Dyer uh, but anyway, um, Bamium have uh, switched up there, well, switched up. Uh, their formation on Tuesday night ditch their four-two-three-one, um, if you can even call it a 4-3-1, given the amount of defending they're doing. Um, two or five at the back uh, to you know give them more defensive solidity. You know for ninety seconds it's looking good, and um, then they concede you know the most the uh, uh, schoolboy goal of the championship season, um, embarrassing one really, and then they're out the game from then on in um, because you know um, uh, when a Millwall side uh, or a goal up. As we know, it's pretty difficult to get yourself back into the game. Um, credit Millwall, though. Well, they said, on, uh, they're, they're,
0: they said that when Birmingham went 1 0 down, the game was yeah. over
1: at that, that yeah. very point. Um, uh, I, w- I do uh, credit Millwall, though. They have had a, a kind of mini resurgence as of late. And that's mainly because, uh, you know, at least in my opinion, that Thompson and Ryan Woods in the middle have got that aggression back, uh, which, you know, they were kind of lacking That you know. Soft belly wouldn't be a word that you know one would associate with Millwall, um, in uh, uh, you know, over the last few years, uh, but you know, toward the end of 2020, that was what it was starting to look like. Um, but ever since their form went at home to Sheffield Wednesday, they've been a really, really good side, probably even a top six side in the championship, to be honest. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, just, you know, as often happens with Millwall Aki, you know, as soon as real relegation fears start to come in, they, you know, dig themselves out of it, uh, fairly quickly.
0: Yeah. Which can't be said for uh, back, back, Well, yeah, I think, do you think they should have sacked
1: Karangta? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, what has he done that Pep Clotter hasn't done? In fact, he's kind of made it worse, um, arguably with better players at his disposal, um, Uh, So I don't think you can make um, uh, much of a case for, you know, any benefits uh, of uh, hiring Crank so far. Um, (laughs) It's difficult to say, right, because Birmingham have been abject for so long, regardless of the manager. I don't mean, you know, I'm talking about the previous three or four seasons here, um, taking a kind of long view approach. You know, one would assume that oh, that must mean their squad is piss poor, but I'm, really, I'm not. I'm not sure it is really. I think there's just you know such a malaise around the club. Um, but it's a rut which is you know it's non-impossible to get themselves out of. Yeah, uh,
0: and especially when uh, you have, I don't think the cohesion yeah. or quality and to. Uh,
1: I mean, dig I think, it out, you know, of there perhaps you know parallels with Ipswich uh, before they went down. With me?
0: Well, yeah, I was yeah. about to mention that. Uh, and on the BBC, there was a very good point about William that St Andrews would be a very toxic place in the same way we you know Portman Road would be a very yeah, toxic place. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Place. Well, I mean, they're two of the clubs, uh, Aki. Um, and I mean, you know, there are, there are many others. I mean, Palace, most notably in the Premier League, where I think we can agree that if fans were there right now, um, uh, Lambert, Karanka, Roy Hodson uh, would definitely not still be in the job. No.
0: No. Uh... This is true, and uh, also, look, it seems that COVID is good for some people, by, by the looks of it, so uh, we'll leave it at yeah. that, I guess. But uh, 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 anyway, uh, in other results in the Championship, the uh, sacking was Dean Holden, resulting yeah. from a 2-0 home defeat. Yeah,
1: um, uh, I feel sorry for Dean Holden, um, uh, you know, clearly a good man and clearly someone who really did care and really declined, you know, that's not just like a cliche, you know, he clearly, you know, he's been at Bristol City for ages and he knew this was his big chance, right? Um, And I mean, to see that when fans aren't there, that really does take something genuine. Um, It's, you know, not too bad because, I mean, we've got, they've got Keith Downing and Paul Simpson, you know, two of their coaches of background staff to come in and, you know, two uh, England youth tournament winning managers, Simpson with the under 20s in 2017, Downing with the under 19 euros. 2017. Um, uh, so I, I don't think that will be too much of an issue um, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, a lack of authority or something similar. Um, as we've, you know, mentioned in previous weeks, injuries have, you know, totally hampered Bristol City this season. Um, but, you know, that starting eleven that they put out on paper should not be losing 6-0 and 2-0 uh, in back-to-back games, uh, you know, in, in such adject fashion. Uh, as well, I mean, it was just an absolute stroll for Reading, uh, really, really. Um, and um, as, as I say, you know, Bristol City have been one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the Championship in recent weeks. And, um, yes, you know, they may you know, look beneath them at the myriad of teams uh, in that relegation race, but as we've also discussed, many of them are having upturns in form, and it wouldn't take a miracle. For Bristol City to get dragged down there. Now that they've changed their manager, I'm I'm, I'm sure they won't because there's still a very good squad there, um, and one that should you know be kicking on into the playoffs in the long term.
0: Well, yeah, uh, last but
1: time yeah, time. no, it's the right thing to happen.
0: They were 11 points clear. Uh, yeah, they were 11 points clear, but uh, you know their squad, even with the injuries, it's better than uh, what it seems to be. Like uh, Naki Wells isn't this bad. Uh, yeah. You've got that Juju guy, and yeah, you know, there is quality in this team. They don't. It's like Dan is, Bentley. That's calling the championship. Yeah, yeah. If, if this yeah. team gets relegated, then you can't. there's. It. it it'll be a big shock. It would be big a big
1: shock. shock. I, th- I think it would also be um uh, another uh, over hundred points league win in League One for Bristol City. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if that squad did get relegated, um, uh, but yeah, no, that's uh that. I am sure it won't happen now and I'm sure after you know crying out for one amongst the fan base, they will finally appoint you know a much more experienced head uh, of the club um and in fact probably more importantly uh, change you know uh the uh, uh, Mark Ashton sorry uh, of the top of the club who's you know potentially the root of all these problems we're seeing
0: uh who do you think is a good candidate of course uh, a Bristol city fan Bolker. Oh, well yeah, yeah. Yeah, second
1: what second time I've heard that the, the only question with Paul Cook and I, I, I'm a re- i re I'm really wary for stereotyping here right um but you know would Bristol be a good fit as a city for Paul Cook um you know so he... uh, all of his jobs so far have been you know Chesterfield Portsmouth Wigan you know that's a certain profile of city I think that's pretty safe to say um and maybe therefore danny cowley would be a more natural match in that respect and as i say uh, you know i i i don't know what paul cooks I don't, I don't know you know political opinions are or whatever um but you know that is a really important thing to consider all i hope is that it someone who deserves the job if you see what i mean who i can see you know, the logic uh, in the appointment there, not another, you know, backwater.
0: I'd still go for Paul Cook, personally, you know. I I think the City argument is fair, but... I think, look... You know, when I think of locations in football players, the go-to story for me is... Alexis Sanchez, 2014, where he chose to go to London and not Liverpool because he wanted to go to Westfield with his family. And uh, the, the, the thing is, like, you know that's complete BS, because... When Liverpool started to improve, Alisson, Salah, and Mane—they had—they had no hesitation in moving to the northwest of England with all its yeah. uh, various charms. So, I think his family would enjoy the quietness yeah. and the general. Uh, f- uh, f- well, I don't. Know. I don't know how to, best to describe Bristol, but the it's quaintness, a quaintness yeah. of what is a historic town in some yeah. way.
1: Um, a, f- a final point on the managerial home for Bristol City. If they appoint a manager who is excellent in defence and a defensive transition at coaching, then which Cook and Cowley are? I mean, you know, the players that they have there, in terms of Thomas Kalash as one of their centre-halves and, you know, really good wing-backs in Hunt and Viner and Dan Bentley in goal, best shot-stopper in the league. Yeah, definitely the best shot-stopper in the league, if not the best goalkeeper in the league. Bloody well, yeah. they will be hard to break down if they get the right manager in. And if that's the case, if they start racking up the clean sheets as a result, as we saw Huddersfield, with Huddersfield last season, if you get that fundamental bit right, you will get points. And, you know, that's obvious, but you're going to get points. You're going to start climbing up the table. Um, uh, so I really do think that has to be the key uh, with Bristol City, to be honest, because that's really where their, their strengths as a squad lie.
0: Yeah indeed uh Br- bristol city there there's it's fertile ground i don't know how to call yeah. it um uh, on
1: reading um i think they're just chilling in the playoffs until may and then you know cite themselves back up to that to be honest
0: a word on him
1: yes he, well he's very very good um uh by that do you mean his um uh the instagram leaks that nobody has worked out if they're real or fake yet uh over oh, yeah, but I think we should stick to the football because yeah. until we yeah. know what what. Uh... That's a that's a good point, uh, but yeah, no, he's uh yes he he he's he's exceptionally good at football. This <laughs> is obvious opinion. Um, uh, I think I think you know another standout performer for any and it was Tom McIntyre. Uh, you know he's he's just been an absolute revelation uh, for them this season, I'm sure um, uh, the Scotland FA uh will be particularly glad that they, you know, just took a punt on him and, you know, have, have seen him absolutely rocket uh, in potential over the last uh, six months or so. And they've got him in the bag. Uh, I'm sure they're pretty pleased about that. And I'm sure that uh, Steve Clark will rush to cap him uh, in March to uh, lock him down from London's clutches.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of international, uh, international intrigue there. Mm. Uh, moving on. Uh... Just just to clean up. Uh, just looking at the weekend's results, just so we can uh... oh sorry, uh, well, okay, sorry, I'm kind of getting a bit uh Any other results you find interesting, Al? Well uh,
1: uh, just um uh two 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 results uh in midweek. Also have noticed. Uh firstly a quick one, poor Wickham. Um Who were the
0: better team who I've was heard. the
1: better team again against Derby and you know, we're coming off of you know, a deserved 3 two win away at Huddersfield on the weekend. Um to Cassine in Man right at the end is an absolute sickener uh for them. And uh yeah, you know, again it's just that, you know, when the optimism comes back for them, it just, you know, seems to get crushing in. Uh but just, you know, the final word on the midweek fixtures at least, um, is Mick McCarthy, Careless Whisper, Cardiff City, Super Mick, hasn't lost a game yet. Um they're outside the playoffs actually. What? Did we see this coming? <laughs>
0: Well, look, we've always said that they have the squad. There's experience, there's quality. Uh, There's the likes of Harry Wilson getting back on the score sheet. Kiefer Moore, of course, we know. Uh, Volk's also scoring a good goal, I heard.
1: Yes, no, no, try.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Dylan Phillips starting in goal. Yes, I I
1: was, uh, Aki, you've read my mind. Um, You know, obviously with Alex Smithy's injury, Dylan Phillips has come in. And um, I think Cardiff fans and Mick McCarthy alike are going to be thinking uh, in two or three months' time why they weren't doing that in the first place. Um, uh, he's been, you know, absolutely exceptional since he's come in for the major string of, you know, crucial saves in the second half against uh, Newton uh, in midweek, um, who, as we know, are a side who, you know, it doesn't matter who they play against, they going kind to of create a lot of chances. I mean, they created a load of them against Chelsea uh, in the FA Cup, um, you know. Um, and so, uh, I mean, Perry and G, a right-wing back, um, you know, like, I mean, he, he, he made the step up from League Two to League One uh, earlier this season with Crew seamlessly, and I mean, he's also taken to a championship like a duck for water as well. Um, and, you know, it's brilliant to see, um, you know, the the, the continual, uh, not linear, uh, but, you know, continually improving progression of uh, certain players in the EFL and, you know, follow their journeys, which um, I'm sure Perry and G will con- continue into the Premier League uh, very soon.
0: Yeah, uh, indeed, and Cardiff are on the way up, and uh, are living up to their potential. A great game for the neutral, of course, was Barnsley v Blackburn.
1: Yes, uh, very entertaining game as every game with uh, Barnsley uh, is. <laughs> to be honest, um, you know, it's it's it, it's particularly impressive that you know only you know only two days rest after you know they should have beaten Chelsea. Uh, as we discussed in the FA Cup fixture on Thursday last week, you know, to go and beat a side who are unbeaten in the league since October in Brentford. Um, and then, you know, to beat another promotion chasing side in Blackpool, um, all with that intense brand of play uh, that we know Barnsley is so notorious for now. Uh, it's just an absolutely remarkable feat. And it's been done without that much squad rotation as well. Um, you know, Callum Britton, no, excuse me, uh, Callum Stiles uh, in Britain, uh, the two wing backs, who've, um, you know, played basically all of these games and, you know, they've continued with their running. Uh, Mishaj Helik, uh, the back, um, you know, also on international chat, I'm sure Poland are going to be calling him up in March, uh, he's been absolutely exceptional um, since December really, hasn't really put a foot one. Um, kind of mad for me to, you know, Alex Mert, who was um, a material player at Oxford, um, you know, the talent was clearly there in League One, but, you know, he never quite sh- shown it regularly, is now not only a Barnsley captain, but absolutely excelling uh, in a deep midfield role, uh, which is something I def- uh, definitely didn't see coming. Uh, so, yeah, a load of positives, uh, again, for Barnsley. And um, Darrell Dyke and Morris, you know, two new signings coming off the bench as well and also making an impact. Um, uh, you know, Carl Morris, you know, getting his uh, first uh, Barnsley goal, uh, I believe. Um, you know, who's been a you know reliable striker for Shrewsbury in recent seasons. So yeah, loads of positives for Tiges.
0: Yeah, of course, uh, Barnsley are a kind of conveyor belt of uh, good management. You know, Alex Stendall, uh, Ishmael, and uh, you know they're not the biggest team in the league, but it is proving to be a, a fertile ground for a good football. I think um,
1: and- now that Watford. Um, you know they do seem to just be churning away wins uh, despite playing poorly. Um, you know, logic would say that they'll can they'll you know, however marginally, they'll continue to improve Munoz and that really leaves only one, excuse me, uh, playoff spot up for grabs if Bournemouth drop out, like we expect them to do, and I think it will be a race between uh, Cardiff and Mick McCarthy's hometown. Uh, Barnsley uh, for a race for that uh, sixth uh, spot in the um, operation
0: uh, Rolls all around and uh, finally a word on uh, Middlesbrough and their defeat to Derby of course they rectified that by winning at home to Huddersfield yeah and yeah uh, surprised by Derby beating Middlesbrough
1: Um, no not particularly um, uh, Derby have been excellent uh, since the over, To be honest, they've been one of the best sides in the league. And you know, much you know, as is so often the case in EFL seasons, it's always you know crazy when you when the final forty-six game table um, is there. You know, you look at you know the final positions of some teams and think, how on earth will they ever win for promotion race, or how on earth will they ever win the relegation race? Uh, which I'm as I'm sure what we'll see with Derby come the end of the season. Um, you know, they game against Huddersfield in midweek in which they, you know, put the Derby defeat wrong. Uh, it was a game of few chances. I mean, you know, uh, a moment of magic uh, from Mbenza with the free kick uh, to open the scoring. And I mean, um, a particularly dubious penalty um, uh, for Middlesbrough, which, I mean, uh, Schofield in goal really should have saved after getting a hand to from Ashley Fletcher. Um, to be honest, the most entertaining thing of the game was undoubtedly uh, Neil Walk. Neil Warnock's audible tirade, uh, which we can hear uh, without fans, uh, when Paddy there was sent off again for a ridiculously soft uh, thing. Uh, it's just well,
0: they, they're saying that might be overturned.
1: Well, it better be, um, uh, because it was you know a farcical, uh decision. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, I'm sure Neil has calmed down with that ne- by now, bless him, uh, and yeah, is uh, ready to go. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. Ready to go again at the weekend. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Huddersfield, of course, uh, continuing their little slide. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> it's difficult because, you know, I think since the turn of the year, maybe, well, I know that in their last eight games, they've only picked up two points, right? And I think in those games, or maybe even over a longer period than that, they've only won the three battles in two of those games against Bristol City and Melwall, which is particularly worrying given that in the opening few months of the season, they were continually winning them under Corbrand, and we were, you know, uh, praising, you know, the immediate impact of his work and, you know, is, is this maybe with the better squad. Um, but, you know, a continual downturn since then, and there's no real signs of Corbett, uh, um, you know, turning it around. Perhaps we've seen enough evidence of it, of his work this season to, you know, give him an extra few weeks. And I mean, especially, you know, it's, it's not a good squad, Huddersfield squad. Um, it is definitely a squad on paper when you, you know, rack them all up together. is in, you know, the bottom six or seven teams of the league, right? Um, and so that definitely has to be considered. Um, but yeah, they're gonna have to um um keep a close eye on the form of uh, Coventry, especially. Um because as you know, Coventry can, you know, grind a few results unexpectedly. And if they do that, um Huddersfield along with Birmingham and Wickham will you know, start to get a cut adrift.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's important for them to improve and uh, do you think a change in management might be in order?
1: Or? Well, I'm not quite sure what a change in management would successfully achieve um, mm. and, and I know, version... they
0: might pick them up you know, they jolt that might win them a few extra points
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know they had to appoint you know, I mean, arguably the best defensive coach in the EFL, in Danny Cowley to sort that out um, right and um, if that is Corbrand's weak spot, then, I mean, look, look, maybe there's a case for that. But, I mean, they're going to struggle to appoint somebody of the calibre of that uh, level again. And if that is the case, you know, um, and then, uh, yeah, they're going to stay in the relegation race because they've compromised their position, actually, to be honest. Um, after, you know, sacking Cowley after, you know, what an incredible job he did. Yes, OK, a club can, you know, decide on a win that they want a change in direction, which is what they did. But I mean, you know, that's not going to be a particularly easy sell uh, for a manager in terms of working, working, excuse me, with a board like that.
0: Yeah. Indeed. Uh so that's the championship I think pretty well uh, wrapped up. Uh moving on to League One. Yeah, absolutely. Uh do we have should to, we start
1: Do we have to start with headbutt gate?
0: Oh uh, well yeah well I think we should just start with Ipswich town in general. Yeah. Uh so Northampton and it looks okay both teams are intriguing, so Northampton having sacked Keith Girl, uh go to Ipswich and credit Good to Northampton, you yeah. Yeah, well, because if they were a a lower league, if they were in a Premier League relegation race, people would be singing their praises for all these nil-nils, they get it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I always feel like, yeah, like, you know, if they're judged by that standard, then they're actually doing pretty well. And, you know, it's not like they're cut adrift because they're not cut adrift at all. But yes, they go to Ipswich. Ipswich, of course, struggle to break them down, a pretty even game. And, uh, yeah, they get a. Uh, you have a referee and a player. Have you seen the highlights, Alf? Or...
1: Yes, I have. Um, uh, um, I, I think the biggest regret from a Northampton point of view would be Horfuls header, which um, you know, um, he probably should have done better with, and you know, they could have maybe nicked a win with that. Um, but regarding uh the Allen Judge and Julian Drysdale, uh, Gate. Oh no, Finn Downs. Uh, excuse me. Um, uh, no, no, I'm getting my wires crossed. Finn Downs got sent off in injury time for an unrelated incident. It was Alan Judge just after 80 minutes, I think, ish, who had the headbutt with Drysdale. Yes, sorry. Um, I mean, I mean, my opinion on the matter is that he, the ref was probably wrong to do that. I mean, I'm not, you know, a fan of refs showing a human side. Really, I mean, ideally, we want them to be robots without actual uh, robot electronics with VAR, right? Um but at the same time, you know, Darren Drazbell's been a, you know, uh, a formidable ref uh, in the EFL for the last 15, uh, fifteen, twenty years. I think um, you know, for somebody of his experience a warning, uh, should suffice really.
0: Yeah. And yeah, you shouldn't uh, be confronting players. And if if they are acting petulant themselves, you shouldn't lower yourself to their level. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh
0: but yeah, that's uh that that's that. But uh
1: um and just actually touching on your point about ipswich and you know as we've you know hinted at um uh earlier in the show there's been a absolute plethora of brilliant ipswich articles that have come out this week you know someone makes me well NBA, some this the-
0: is what i mean uh you know ipswich are a big team don't get me wrong yeah. but for this level of attention to be uh to be directed at a league one club i think the negligence of marcus Evans is uh going to come back and bite him because the thing is going to eventually be pointed at him for not taking action because he's the one who has the power
1: Mm. No, absolutely um and you know I, i i think you know one of the biggest frustrations that Ipswich fans feel right now is that you know that perhaps there's no real effective platform for them to vent against Evans right now, right? Because they can't go into the stadium and they can't re- they can't stage any progress. Well they can, but I mean, you know, they'd be breaking COVID rules, right? Um, yeah. um so it's really, you know, difficult. Um and, you know, that just that, you know, feeds into the cycle of negativity that is, you know, developing there. Um, uh, you know, uh, if the fans feel like, you know, like, oh, there's no point in, you know, deepened pessimism becomes a facet. Um then, you know, um that's gonna, you know, filter onto the pitch, which is gonna lead to even worse performances if that's possible. <laughs> um and you know, that'll feed back into a worsened in mood of fans. Um uh, so yeah, it's a really, really sad state of affairs. Um because, you know, we want Ipswich in the championship at least.
0: Indeed. Yeah, it's Ipswich, uh, we've talked about it before, Ipswich uh... You know, it's the only professional team in an entire county and they represent, you know, they represent a region. Yeah, no, you're and, right. Uh, yeah, buddy. Oh. You know, it, it means so much more for isolated teams. Mm. As uh, Stuart Weber, when he came on talking to City he said that, he, that what interested him in becoming sporting director of Norwich is, yeah. is that when you have a team like that in the middle of pretty much nowhere as far as the football world goes, the pe- for the people of that city, it means just everything.
1: Yeah, um now that now that you've uh, touched on that point, I actually think there are quite a few counties without a professional team. Cornwall doesn't have one. Uh Wiltshire, none. Kent, none. Um
0: Kent have Gillingham.
1: Yes. Well done. The only
0: t- professional yeah. team in Kent. Yeah, but-, but none in
1: Cornwall, none in Wiltshire.
0: Yeah. But then again, the, the um, thing is Kent is, yeah. Ken is close enough to London Yeah. it yeah.
1: not really matter. Yeah, you'll get so- some... Yes,
0: you know you can you can you you can be in if you're an Arsenal fan you you, you could be in Highbury in uh, in in like forty minutes from a Kent locale so yeah yeah absolutely but 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 yeah it's just one of those rare places and uh yeah I think they owe their fans and uh but speaking of owners I think it's worth talking about a uh, Kyrill Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. It's funny because there was a guy just did called the Dreyfus Fair and the, uh, one of Napoleon's or whoever's generals and blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, the name Dreyfus is, is, is historic and uh, you know, he comes from a very successful trading. Well, family I mean, who you, owned you Marseille.
1: yeah, I was good, yeah, well, yeah, again, I keep in my mind you mentioned the uh, Napoleon there. Uh, there's obviously the Marseille,
0: but uh, interestingly enough, uh, I really do hope that he has his life uh, more in order than most 23 year olds. Mm. And uh, while uh, you know, while I think in an ideal world he should be in a, in, a, in our own place, uh, getting receiving tons of job rejection emails on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you know, and also I think he should sanction a series of uh, Sunderland until I die, just to uh, ingratiate himself with the wider football world, because that's just the thing that Sunderland, Sunderland owners do, don't they?
1: Do you know what? Even from my Viewers' perspective on Sunderland. I really hope he doesn't. I've um, um, the uh, the Chard and Freuder has gone with Sunderland now. It's just now a really depressing state of affairs, and I just kind of feel sorry for them. Uh,
0: oh yeah, you feel sorry for them, but uh, you know, Stuart, I know that you weren't a fan of Stuart Donald and Charlie Methven. Like you, 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 you thought them to be a bit of well, uh, David Brent. No, no, like
1: Stuart Donald's, uh, he's an okay bloke. He's just a moron. Um and um uh, Charlie Meffen is a moron and a dickhead.
0: Bear in mind, i just I just want to quickly point out Charlie Methard still has a stake in that club. That's mad.
1: Um he has
0: like five percent or something. Well
1: judging by Sunderland uh, till I die, um he he has a home up there, which judging by Sunderland Till I Die, really? Donald didn't
0: he, it's not really his sort of place to be honest. Yeah, well I mean maybe
1: you know struggling to sell that or something. Um yeah, who knows.
0: Oh, Stuart Donald will have a minority shareholding.
1: Yeah. Um, again, you know, that's, that's, that's often what happens with Stuart Donald. I mean, it happened with Oxford. Um, but Sunderland not- is now debt-free, Al. Yeah. Um, okay, yes, Sunderland are now debt-free. And uh, yes, okay, there are certain realities of being a League One club, but at the same time, you know, the club has been stripped to their absolute bare bones, and that cannot be emphasised enough. Um, you know, their, yes, their academy has got their Category 1 status back, but, I mean, the conveyor belt has slowed, um, maybe even to, you know, a grinding halt, uh, to be honest. Uh, with,
0: no more George Honeyman, out What are we going to do? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, they lost Ballymumba uh, to Norwich, who is, you know, one of their best ones coming through. And, I mean, you know, as the graphics have shown that have been doing the rounds on Twitter, um, uh, you know, like, how, how many of the Sunderland players are out of contract to the end of the season? 19? 18? Probably a lot yeah, of them, yeah. yeah they absolute absolutely low anyway. Um, but a point of solace in that some of them will be at Wembley again in the Pizza Cup. Um And their and fans won't even
0: have to be there to see them to, to witness it. Do you know what? That really might be a good was. thing,
1: Aki. Um Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, um as you know, you'll definitely know in the Exeter-Northampton playoff final uh, last summer, you know, that was basically the Exeter fans were just saying like, "Ah, oh, this is fine, we haven't actually, you know, had to do a, you know, eight-hour round trip this time around, so it's like, okay.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I think, you know, they might even win, and uh, <clears throat> Mr. Louis Dreyfus might even have a trophy under his ownership right off the bat, mm. but you know, the the, the the relieving thing for Sunderland is, is that there is money in the club, I don't think they have to worry about that, he's a bit of a billionaire, well, yeah. as far as billionaires go, I just hope that, as a 23-year-old, he has the right vision. And uh, I hope, most importantly, he has the right people around yeah. him and isn't a cocky twat, basically, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, because he's, this is the kind of uh, forthrightness that can drive a club into the ground, I think, you know to, to just jump into ownership without experience. He needs the right advisors and people around him.
1: He definitely does. Um, in terms of what the pitch matters for Sunderland... I do wonder if they smell blood because Pompey, Lincoln and Doncaster, who, you know, we kind of had as our kind of rough top three only about four weeks ago. Look, I mean, all this is, is, you know, really needs to be taken with a pinch of salt because, you know, there's still 20-ish games of the season left, right? Um, And, you know, I'm sure the picture we're looking at will have changed again in four weeks' time. Um, But, you know, Peterborough have had a massive upturn in form. And, you know, if... You know, I guess if somebody had to put their money on a side to win the league right now, it'd be them. Um, but I think some of them with Accrington are the two sides who have, you know, looking have, you know, have shown the best um, uh, regular performances. Let's
0: start with Accrington in this and great week. That yeah, that yeah.
1: Is. But just before going on to Accrington, I, you know, is a streak around the corner for streaky Lee Johnson. Is uh, Ali Waxell am not in the top twenty? But I'm. Uh, I, I think it would be. But yeah, no, they're going to have to see how Accrington uh, get on.
0: Well, it's two wins from the last five. And to be honest, if Accrington and Sunderland both go on streaks, then I think Charlton Well, we'll come on with Charlton and Oxford next. But you know, Oxford are also in that mix. And o- if Oxford go on a streak, yeah. then that'll make things very interesting. Oh, I, think, I, th- I think we've the had the our country. streak
1: to be honest, and We've got two streaks yeah, coming streak, up.
0: Then. Four wins from your last yeah. five. But yeah, quickly touching on Accrington and they a tremendous week. Two very, very difficult away days mm. uh, to go to uh, Doncaster and draw and to go to Lincoln and just win. Brilliant.
1: Yeah, an incredible week uh, for Accrington. Lincoln and Doncaster, um, perhaps, you know, the two best sides in league one uh, so far this season. And, um, you know, um, both, you know, forced by a reversion away from their 3-5-2 uh, that they've, um, you know, become so used to this season into a uh, four-diamond two. Um, and uh, due to the injury to Um Wakwe, uh, who, you know, only got back onto the bench um, in midweek. Um, but, you know, they're, they're still aggressive and they're still effective. And, you know, um, Dion Charles... Uh, is still yeah, banging in the goals, um, which is just uh, you know brilliant to see all of these you know really shrewd signings. And you know it was his fellow Northern Ireland compatriot um, uh, Paul Smythe, uh getting the winner against uh, uh, Doncaster in midweek. Uh, they rode their luck at times, as you know all teams have to do in a promotion race. Um, but you know yeah, as we've discussed, Accrington. You know if they weren't called Accrington, Sunday we'd probably be calling the best side in the league, and with good reason.
0: Yeah, you know one of the smallest clubs, and John Coleman, of course, long time manager, uh, yeah. doing a fantastic job there. Uh, of course, uh, other results in League One: uh, Oxford United with a good win over uh, uh, Wigan. Yeah. In midweek. Um. Uh. The you know uh the game that was due to kick off at uh, three pm
1: on Saturday ended at around seven pm on a Sunday due to a delayed kickoff time, again, from 3pm on Sunday to 4pm, and then a floodlight, uh, a recently repaired or recently newly installed set of floodlights, I should say, uh, uh, catching fire. Um, we all had our fun on Twitter saying, keep the fire going, burn the place to the ground. <laughs> no, not a
0: fan of the cast No, yeah.
1: we are not a fan. But that,
0: that's the whole podcast. Yes,
1: whole podcast. yes, I'm, I'm sure it is. That, that could be a summer one uh, for us.
0: Yeah, um,
1: but uh, uh, yeah, um, no good win against Wigan. It, it was an it was just a shame that we can get to the Pete's Cup final, or was it? I mean, I don't really care. Um, I think the bigger shame was that we let a League Two team come play us off the park. Uh, to be honest, um, even though yes, okay, we hit the bar. Of the post stand. Matty Taylor sent a penalty into our x Um But uh, and that's from the end with a stand, right? Not from the fence end. Um, So that shows how bad it really was. Um, But yeah, no, we've got a really tough run of fixtures coming up um, in our next five games. To be honest, seven, eight or nine points would be a really, really good achievement from them, to be honest. And we're starting with the easiest of the lot, to be honest, away at Ipswich, um, where, I mean, I really do fancy us to go and get the win. Um, uh, But yeah, well, uh, I I think that's one of the fixtures of the weekend, which we'll uh, preview in a little minute.
0: Yeah, uh, now, of course, we have to talk about Charlton and Jillingham. Uh, uh, Again, Charlton letting a big opportunity slip. Uh, And I just want to just quickly discuss one point I made privately, and that is that do you think with Charlton reaching the playoffs, we're we're moving from, uh, we're crossing the crest of the hill and we're moving from the side of optimism to... uh, it's getting more and more unlikely with every single blunder.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Aki. That I, I think that's spot on. Um, not least because of you know the inconsistencies of Charlton, but you know the the increased number of teams in and around them, not only Oxford, who you know ready to pounce on that playoff spot that they may squander. Um, you know, um, as for the Charlton side of things, you know, Louis, you know, t- talked about it best, and you know, there's a there's now a really Um, perhaps, you know, dangerously growing divide amongst fans about bow you're in or bow you're out um, when I'm sure the uh, matter is, you know, far more intricate than that.
0: Well, not just that. Well, one question I had, Alf, the fans are one thing, but do you think given where things are going at the minute, given the form of Accrington, Sunderland and what Charlton have been doing, uh, at the very, very back of their minds, Thomas Sandgard and Steve Gallen, Should provisionally start thinking about the future as without Oya, a a future where they don't reach. Like they should start thinking about what to do. Do you mean about a future where Oya needs to be stopped?
1: No, no, May,
0: may look. Maybe that's some. I'm not Oya, but should they start thinking about it at least? Do you mean not if if, whatever whatever, whatever league one one Meyer,
1: if you see what I mean? Yeah. Because... Well, uh, yeah, absolutely, Aki. I mean, all good clubs would, you know. Um, you know, football's a volatile game. It's an unpredictable game, you know, as much as, you know, um, the new wave of elite managers are trying to drive randomness out of football um, and organising bodies, for that matter. Um, you know, like, uh, that that's still, you know, the innate nature of the game, you know. You can concede free worldies, you know, in, in, in back-to-back-to-back home games, like Charlton have, you know. Um, which if you know, cost you, you know, uh, five points in total, you know, that can happen. Um, And, you know, that can, you know, as I say, you know, you can get stuck in the League One rut, but I think the focus has to be, still be, with on the pitch matters, because, you know, Boya has shown he can get promoted from League One before. Yes, there is a good squad there in terms of individuals on paper, but maybe it's lacking the metal that Boja wants and lacking the characters that Boya wants, perhaps. And, you know, l- lest we forget, you know, yes, okay, the January transfer window has come and gone, but Boya hasn't had a summer transfer window yet under stable ownership in Zangard. Um, and so, you know, even if they don't get promoted this season, I, I think they should definitely, you know, um, uh, you know, give Boya one of them um, maybe don't go too all in on those demands because you know you don't want to sack Boya a quarter of the way through next season only for the new manager to pick up a you know uh a slightly you know strange uh squad profile um uh but yeah no just to you know uh, finish off with a piece of general analysis yeah all good clubs uh should you know plan for the worst if that makes sense yeah uh and uh of
0: course uh Thomas Sangod even said that uh, you know if we end if it, if it's another season in League One it's another season in League One and we'll deal with it. But uh, th- th- this is the thing, like it, that's becoming likely, and I think that game away at Oxford in 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 yeah, early March no, that yeah. could be uh, if if things aren't, don't improve by then, uh, Oxford could uh, put the final nail in Charlton's coffin, and that could be that for Charlton's promotion. And case. I mean,
1: yeah, and I mean. I mean we don't want to add misery to it but you know the situation is to say it looks worse than it looks is you know pretty ominous but I mean fundamentally it's true in that you know um, teams around them have games on them uh, games in hand on them Uh, so they need to be wary of that as well Yeah uh, so that's uh,
0: Charlton
1: Uh, where else do you want to go? Um, Just a, uh, a final word on league one before we do a quick league two uh roundup uh i'd just like to you know talk about mk dons again um hate the club uh as a whole but i love russell martin yeah. and what he's doing uh with this team the fact that you know despite every everyone's you know talk or most people's talk sorry i should say you know they've stuck to their guns they've battled out of this you know relegation mar- uh, they were in and on paper uh, they're now only six uh, six points off the playoffs um, and you know much like derby in the championship it will look ridiculous if they're ever near uh, the relegation race to be honest um, Matt O'Reilly I mean he's just becoming one of the best players in the league one at the minute Lewington has offered that experience at the base of midfield as has Andrew Sermon um, who is you know so influential in you know Bournemouth's promotion campaign from the championship uh, you know um, uh, so yeah, more and more positives for NK Don's, and I mean, if they somehow get Will Grigg to start soaring gold as well, then that's just going to be another bonus.
0: Yeah, you know, a great job being done, and Russell Warton uh, potentially moving on to bigger things if he carries. Oh on yeah, no, no, he's
1: um he's another he's another one of EFL's uh, uh, up and comers for sure.
0: Eng- an English yeah. manager too, so you know, always good to see that. But, yeah, poor from Hull, that. And uh, Hull redeemed themselves with the with the routine win over uh, over uh, uh, Wigan. But th- that's another one of Hull's uh, surprising, should I say, defeat. Because they lost 1-0 away at Burton.
1: Yeah, um, that is perhaps surprising. But, you know, despite his seemingly uh, continued uh, holiday, um, uh, Jimmy Floyd has they actually seem to be doing a decent job there. Uh, but, no, important that, you know, um, they put the MK Thumbs result right away at Wigan and also got revenge for the 8-0 uh, after the restart last season. And, um, yeah, just uh well, I mean, I, I'm sure it won't have eased, you know, the fundamental fears there. But, you know, just a nice piece of optimism, at least, for um, Tigers fans. Yeah, uh, there's some good news mm. for hold there.
0: Uh, League Two, of course. You wanted to move on. Yeah, three um, games in, um, yeah, three games in, yeah, three games
1: in midweek to discuss. Uh, given that there was no action essentially uh, on the weekend apart from a posse mouth fest uh, at uh, Cambridge versus Southend, which was quite entertaining on my Uh So yeah, yeah, three games in the midweek um, that really stood out. Uh, firstly, Mansfield against Bolton. Um, Mansfield under Brian Clough just come off the boil uh, that little bit. Um, I'm sure it hasn't, you know, compromised their promotion uh, uh, ambitions entirely, um, but it is you know, further news, further good news. Sorry, uh, for Ian Ever, um, another win uh, for Bolton. Um, you know, from being in, you know, that relegation group of teams, um, They're now in the top half. Um, which I mean, I know the points difference is really, really small in League Two between 21st and 11th and at the minute, only six points. Um, uh, 21st and 10th, in fact. Um, but it's nonetheless uh, a a good achievement uh, for them. Um, It's, you know, Clough labelled it a fluke, the way that um, Bolton came back into the game. But, I mean, any team that comes back from two goals down with only uh, 15 minutes left, it's a very good achievement. Um, Another side who maybe the wheels are starting to come off a little bit for, Crawley, they've been pretty abject. In their last few performances, and you know, further compounded by 1 0 home defeat um, at home to Stevenage in midweek. I'm sure, you know, John Yems would have um, uh, given one of his typical grumpy bollockings at that. And then finally, Aki, double red card, Claxon, also double red card in the first half, Claxon, as well. Uh, Exeter nearly holding out for a win with nine men at Rodney Parade, which would have been heroic. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's perhaps uh, some further worries for Newport but they couldn't put a side like that to bed. And, uh, yeah, maybe another side who the wheels are perhaps coming up for in League Two.
0: Indeed, yeah. Uh, League Two, of course, yeah. Cambridge. Yeah, that top. won't be. Uh, New- Newport have th- 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 only one win in their last mm. five. So, yeah, you are right, cause for concern. Uh, and Bolton are a team in very... Bolton and Tranmere are teams in good
1: form. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, uh, Tranmere, especially you know with uh, uh, Pizza Cup run uh, to a company that I'm sure will uh, uh, get the optimism there and you know they've got phew, one of the most experienced managers going in Keith Hill uh, to you know leave the charge uh, with that
0: yeah uh, so the weekend preview now uh, starting with the uh, well of course there's a Merseyside Derby in the Premier League so attention be return to that but in the Championship uh I would say, uh, in in terms of interesting games, uh, Reading hosting Borough.
1: Yeah, be it'll be um interesting a, to see how Reading right? um you know deal with a deep block, um a good deep block I should say, not like Bristol City's deep block, um uh, because you know they struggled against uh, Millwall last weekend uh, from the J C as well. Uh, so definitely see how that one goes. Um, uh to be honest, uh, I think uh the really intriguing game of the weekend is uh. Well, two uh, in the Championship. Firstly, Sheffield Wednesday against Birmingham City for a proper, yep, huge game um, big, bottom, scrap. But I think Sheffield Wednesday will probably have the edge of that and it will not be an entertaining game. Alf,
0: Alf, we're having some breaking news for yes. the Athletic. Uh, Bourne must have approached Montreal for... Thierry Actually only.
1: properly approached him? Well, I hope yep. they don't uh, finish in the playoffs. What an embarrassment. Well, well, well
0: uh, they said it was a mistake on the second tier podcast. Uh, break. I love it when they things, but yes, uh, according to the Athletic, who are rarely wrong, uh, Bournemouth have formally requested permission from CF Montreal to speak to Thierry Henry. Uh,
1: that is quite incredible, although I'm not sure Thierry Henry would be well advised to take a job in the Championship, but uh, we'll see. Um, I think maybe the Jack Wilshire thing there is a big thing. Um, but yeah, it's QPR Bournemouth. I think it will be a really entertaining game, and I
0: think uh, QPR might be uh, upsetting
1: uh the Apple cart with a win against uh on paper aside they shouldn't be beat.
0: And uh, yeah, looking forward uh, to League One now. Uh in League One uh we have of course uh Doncaster v Hull.
1: Yes, uh I think on paper that is certainly the biggest game of the weekend, two sides who want to be getting uh their the their, their good form back on track. Ipswich versus Oxford, we've already discussed MK Dons yeah, Northampton well, in a Northam-
0: semi derby. Well, the semi is in it basically Al uh, Milton Keynes is a is an extension of Northampton because we talk about uh, we'll talk a bit about like we talk about high streets being put out of business uh, the uh, the yeah. uh, rise of Milton Keynes has been a very sad news for retail in Northamptonshire because people basically just go there to do a lot of things now including the Ikea and uh, yeah so yeah uh, it's a popular away day because it's a local Game for many Northamptonians, so there will be a decent following there given what the team needs as well. But uh, yeah, sad, sad not to be able to go. And uh, I, I think MK Dons will win, but you hope Northampton shows them still. I think it'll be nil nil because Northampton love a good nil nil at a tough away game,
1: yeah. Uh, they they definitely do. And you know, it's uh, again, you know, interesting to see how MK Dons uh deal. Um, and uh, um, finally,
0: Fleetwood yeah. uh, hosting Charlton.
1: Um, yeah, Fleetwood aside to have kind of only semi picked up their form under Simon Grayson, really. I'm sure Charlton will have their tails up for this game and well, you know, uh, see it, an opportunity. Well, I think
0: a similar challenge to their game away at Rochdale a couple of weeks ago, and that, that they negotiated that pretty well. So I, I do think, yeah, that, but this is the thing with Charlton on paper, everything should go well. But yeah, let's hope it does this week.
1: And uh, just um, uh, one game in League Two that really does stand out is Salford against Carlisle. Um, the two sides who I think, who I think, excuse me, will be the top two uh, come the end of the season. It will be really interesting to see how that goes down. Um, uh, Salford, you know, finally looking like they're kicking on uh, this season, and um, uh, yeah, maybe they'll you know further edge towards the automatics this weekend.
0: Yeah, indeed, a big game in League Two that, and. Uh... I think yeah that 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 that's everything. Uh, unless we have any, uh, there's no European action this week, is there? Um,
1: well, uh, there will be uh, next uh, mid-week, midweek, but we'll discuss that in hindsight.
0: But uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Alf. Uh, bye from yourself. Bye from me, and just we will be up asap, and uh, we'll see you then. We'll see you next week. Bye, Thanks, for Yeah, listening. enjoy your football. Bye, guys.